Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. It is something about this man's music the emotions that it invokes and how it makes you feel. I love music personally that makes me feel good. I love music that makes me hopeful for love. For me personally, I don't like music that can remind me of a current situation or brings up sadness. I know some people are like, just listen to sad music so you can cry. I'm not the person that likes to look at sad movies to make sure that I cry. Now that's me, but there are people that are like, girl, sometimes I just turn on a sad song or a sad movie so I can just, you know, cry. That's not me personally. I love music that makes me feel wonderful. Music is beautiful. I know music has been a big part of my emotional healing. It's been a big part of my mental health. So I'm just really, really hoping that y'all open up your hearts and minds for this episode and this incredible musician and singer that I am gonna have today. So y'all keep it locked for the homie Kevin Ross. Y'all, I am talking to a songwriter for artists like Nicki Minaj, SWV, Case, Tony Braxton, ladies and gentlemen, Tank, Eric Roberson. Come on, some of my favorites. I believe he's just getting started. He's so young. He's an R&B singer with a number one Billboard and iTunes hits. Y'all, please welcome my guest, Grammy Award nominated artist, writer, Kevin Ross. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be on here, man. This is awesome. It's awesome. Thank you, Kevin, for checking in. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Listen, listen, I probably discovered your music, I wouldn't say in a non-traditional way, but pretty much in a non-traditional way. I was listening to something on iTunes Mm -hmm. and your music came on afterwards yeah your song looking for love yes yes and i was like wait a minute who is this this tone the mood that your music sets and i don't mean like necessarily a sexual way but i love music and i love how music makes me feel 
And looking for love, I loved the lyrics and it's just so fresh, like music you could ride down the PCH in LA too. I, I know you're from born and raised in the DC area, but music you could just drive down on a beautiful stretch of road. Yeah. Whether or not you're in a relationship or not, your music makes a person feel good. Oh man, that means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So I'm glad that I discovered you and just made sure that I downloaded and purchased your albums. Like, oh my gosh, you've gone way, way back. <laughs> so where'd you come from, man? Just, you just snuck up in here. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give a little background. So I'm from Washington, D.C. My mom and dad, uh, you know, they brought me up around music. My father used to sing around the city at different weddings and, you know, church ceremonies and all that stuff. So I was just, you know, his son that was with him. When I used to sing when I was younger, it used to give me like a lot of anxiety. And so uh, it didn't necessarily go away probably until like high school when it kind of clicked for me and under, I understood that this was much bigger than just a, a hobby or something that I just love to do in my spare time. But it, it felt more purposeful okay. uh, and, and intentional. And so I kind of went from there. I graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Shout out to Ellington. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I ended up going to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts. And I met some uh, amazing teachers, amazing students. The network there allowed for me to venture off once I graduated to Atlanta. And uh, there I went to become a writer because I was actually gleaning from my teacher at Berkeley. Uh, shout out to Armstead mm. Christian. May he rest in peace. Uh, he said that you should always do something that you're bad at. Because if you're always doing something that you're good at, then you will be complacent and you will become comfortable. So always push yourself. And so he was like, you know, that's my task for you when you graduate. Mm. It's not for you to just become a singer and have other people write for you, but you become a writer so that you can write for yourself and others. And so I had to strengthen my pen. I ended up finding a music mentor down there by the name of Troy Taylor. Okay. Yeah. You know, Troy started to mentor me. This is right around the time that Trey Songs was at yeah. the, the zenith of yeah. his career. Yeah. With all that to be said, I experienced and I seen a lot. I was around so many brilliant people from the John T. Austins of the world to the Neos of the world. So I was just picking up so much information, even Rock City and, you know, Tehran. Um, so you naming the heavy hitters <laughs> in music and R&B writing. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. so I started writing and I landed my first placement with Jamie Foxx. And that was really, really awesome and a humbling experience. And then it went from Jamie to a lot of the OGs like the SWVs, the Dave Hollisters, the Johnny Gills. And then I ended up catching some records with Trey and those went like number one rhythmic and arm and all this craziness. And um from there, I ended up inking a deal with Motown Records. We ended up catching a number one record called Long Song Away on a adult R&B, which is now just the R&B charts on Billboard. But I was the youngest on the charts during the time because that was very weird for me to be on adult R&B. But, you know, that really kind of carved the lane for myself. Not too shortly after, I decided to ask for my release and it took 
about a year and some change for them to grant me my release. I started my own company called Art Society Music Group. I partnered with a distribution company from out in uh, San Francisco uh, by the name of Empire. Shout out to Gaggi and Tina Davis. And then from there, I started my independent journey. I landed a top 15 record with a song called Thing Called Love. And then I landed a top 10 record last year with Looking for Love. So now we're building, we're climbing, and here we are. Yes. (laughs) So y'all, did y'all hear his journey? If we look back, we kind of see some credits from way back in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so now it is 2022, 11 years later. Mm-hmm. And it's so encouraging that you can start off singing, like you say, singing in the church, singing around town. And then sometimes it will take you some years to land the billboard charts, land certain placements, your number ones. And so, what do you have to say for people who want it fast? We're all guilty, by the way, of yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I think that the biggest thing is if you want to fast, get out. I know that's kind of harsh, but you have to understand that there's a level of persistence. You have to have a spiritual dexterity to you, and that's the love of it. That's the craft and building it and understanding that early on, you're not going to get paid for the things that you love to do, and you know, proving yourself and mm-hmm. understanding that you're building your worth. Yeah, that's all there is to it, that if if you want it fast, then it's going to go fast. So, you know, if, if you build the stamina and what it takes in order to stay around, in order to understand what it means to reinvent and to, you know, add on to your craft and create multiple avenues for yourself, you know, you'll be able to stay around. Uh, it may not be in the same form that you came in, but you're transforming into something different, something greater. And I think that's the beauty of the music business. Mm, You gave us a nugget. Always do something that you're bad at. So did you (laughs) feel you were a bad writer, singer? What did you feel you were bad at? I'm finding that hard to believe that you were bad at something. Uh, I wasn't a good writer. I was one of those singers that thought they could write because I could sing a little bit. So I (laughs) used my vocal ability to compensate for what I lacked in writing. So what I couldn't write, I could riff. What I couldn't write, I could do backgrounds. That's not a jab at anybody. No, no, I get it. I was just talking to someone who offended someone else by telling that person that they can't write. Now there's a difference, right? But you're right. Just because you can sing don't mean you're a good writer. It's yeah. something that, what if I'm hearing you right, that it had to be developed through practice. Yeah, through time and trial and error, for sure. At first, I felt like I could write really great verses, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't nail hooks to save my life. So then I had to rework and say, okay, if I'm going to start a song, I'm going to start with the hook first and make sure that I nail that and then go back. So now you understand how you can approach it in different ways, because there's, there's so many ways to evoke emotion, right? So with song, we evoke emotion through melody and nuances and dynamics and the highs and the lows. And you know what I mean? It's the show, it's the emotion of it. But then also the power of someone reading something, right? Like without you singing it and someone reading your lyrics and then actually that evoking emotion, I'm not saying it's more powerful, but it's just as potent in a sense 
for no words to come out of your mouth and someone to read that and for them to internalize it and for that to evoke something. I think that's very powerful. Mm, that's so cool. Okay, y'all. So Kevin is just sharing something with us that I could hear being said in a master class or, you know, the whole ASCAP music conferences, which I believe you won an ASCAP. I did. You I did, did win an ASCAP award. And for those of y'all that don't know what ASCAP is, ASCAP is a holder of royalties for songwriters and all that good stuff. So when ASCAP recognizes you, that's a good thing. Now, this interview is not about me. But I wanted to say that I'm the opposite. I can do hooks. Hooks come to mm -hmm. me first before verses. I really have to hone down in, if I want to write a complete song, the song needs verses. But the melody of the chorus comes first for me sometimes. Yeah. For you, but you were saying the verses come yeah. first. Wow. Yeah. Is that the left side of the bird or the right? I don't, that, I'm trying to figure out why <laughs> it seems so hard for verses to come than a chorus, but that's a, another episode, a, another <laughs> masterclass, but thank you so much for sharing. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. Who are your influences musically? Oh my gosh. Stevie Wonder, your Marvin Gaye's, Patrice Russian, who is a dynamic black female producer, writer, singer, performer, teacher, uh, that she doesn't get her flowers at all. She is. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Uh, Missy Elliott to Joni Mitchell to Neo to Maxwell to Diane Warren to Babyface 
to, I mean, so many different people, obviously Prince and Michael, and, you know, I'm just a fan of the music. I'm a student first, uh, beyond anything. So, I mean, you know, whatever I can really kind of dig my teeth into and understand like this story, I'm all about it. I keep hearing and reading that we should always remain students. Yes. No matter what your craft is, no matter what sector, you could be in the medical field. You definitely got to be a student in the medical field because sure. <laughs> technology, everything's always changing. Even musically, things are even changing business wise, yes. musically. And yeah. even, gosh, my Lord, even for songwriters. Yeah. You know, things are changing. And so I'm so happy. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Now, I know recently you started this trend on TikTok. <laughs> Elaborate. Was it intentional? <laughs> what? He's like, now, which one now? <laughs> so you started something based on your song Naturally. Mm-hmm. where you challenge women to love their natural bodies, no matter what others have to say. Mm-hmm. It became more than a hashtag where women were opening themselves up and even showcasing their natural beauty, whether it be their hair, body, and more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume what inspired that. So this is twofold. Yeah, You were asked to change up your appearance. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out why. You know, I think that the biggest thing as far as like back then, I was signed maybe 2013. So, you know, it was about how can we make this person look the best that they possibly can? And no shame or no, you know, slight to them. Yeah. And they were like, you know, you have these like bags under your eyes. And I was like, well, that, that's hereditary, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they show up, of course, obviously when I'm tired and you know, stress and whatever, whatever. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know, we're going to take you to a doctor that can check out your eyes and, you know, see what's going on. So go to the doctor. He's looking at my eyes and he's like touching the bottom of them. He was like, oh, well, it's simple. You don't have enough fat under your eyelids. Mm-hmm. That's why they look sunken when you lack sleep, right? So I was like, okay, well, what is there to do about that? It's like, well, we could, you know, transfer fat from some other place in your body and place it in your eyes. And it was as if God was speaking through the doctor and speaking to me, because the next words he said was he said, I can make you look however you want to look. He said, but I'm here to tell you that I can add and I can take back. He said, but if I do this, I can never make you look the way that you look today. Sheesh. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I know this is God because no doctor would mess up their money telling me something as transparent as that. And from there, I was just like, nope, I'm clear. I'm clear. I got it, God. I got it. Naturally. You got to, you know what I mean? And being able to, to love, I didn't even consider it a flaw, but whether flaws that people may think that you have, you know, to be confident enough to live your truth, whatever that may oh. be. <laughs> First of all, I would have no idea that they went as far as to say some about bags under your eyes. That's why I was like, what? And I'm trying to figure because the song is called Naturally. So I'm like, was it because they wanted you to cut your hair? They didn't want you to wear natural. Ooh. I mean, mind you, you know, this is the height of Trey songs and, and Chris. And so that appeal was big. 
And it wasn't the era of where we're at now as far as music, where a lot of shapes and body sizes were accepted. And so since I was clear within my mission, within my purpose and what God was trying to tell me, I wanted to be able to tell women that I love them just the way that they are, the way that God made them. Now, here's the thing. I'm not here to slight women that go out and get BBLs or whatever. Or uh, microdermabrasion, shucks. We just yeah, get the yeah, skin listen. off, the dead, yeah. dull skin off our face. Yeah, know? like, listen, yeah. it's your prerogative and whatever that you do with your body, right? For me, I just felt like naturally built women started to become the underdog. And I just thought that was really weird. In a sense that like I would hear conversations, you know what I mean, with women like, girl, you know, you can, you know, you can go to Miami and do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, that's it's weird to say. But yeah, so that's what really kind of like sparked the song yeah. in a sense that, you know, I felt like naturally built women needed a song that they could be proud of. And that, you know, if they ever doubt it, that yeah. that song if you know, for a constant reminder that there is someone or a group of people that are out there that appreciate and love them just the way that they are. That's so good, Kevin. Thank you so much for sharing. It's very rare. I guess it does exist, obviously, but for men to publicly come out and share their side of what you're told in the music industry, because how many stories have we heard of women in the industry who were told, you need to do this, you need to do that with your body, you need to lose weight, you need to you need to wear contacts, or just things that they think will be more aesthetically pleasing. PJ Morton even has a song about it. There was a verse in a song where he was saying they wanted him to look more thuggish. Yeah. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. uh, we look at PJ Morton now, like, I'm so glad you did not absolutely change. Absolutely. So, Kevin, I'm so glad you did not change. Did that sow a seed in your head for anything else? Did it make you more self-conscious about anything else? Did it make you feel like, is this a flaw? Am I flawed? Mm, for sure. Mm. I definitely think uh, the seed was sown as a child, you know, and children make fun of, like, whatever, whatever that they can. And so, you know, even if it's slight, even if it's barely noticeable, whatever, they're going they're going to point it out. And so at a certain point, by the time I was 18, 19 years old, I was fully confident in everything that I possessed. And so to go into the music industry is completely different because for most artists and creatives, we surrender a lot to the people that we're entrusting our careers with because we want to go to the next level. We want to be seen. We want to be these world-class stars and everyone to know our name because this has been our dream for all of these years. And we just don't know how expensive that can be as it pertains to spiritually draining, the sowing of seeds as far as negativity, doubt, fear, so Mm -hmm. so many things that um, I encountered while being in the major label system, especially specifically the earlier parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? But granted, I think that was what they were taught. So I can't fault anybody as far as that, that we're suggesting that because this was obviously a tradition that was passed down. These were recommendations and these are things that were done before with other artists. It was just that God intervened. He gave me everything that I needed to know to decline and to, you know, to move forward within confidence. Mm. I think the the beauty of making sure that you do self-checks as it pertains to mental health is imperative, especially for Black people, especially for us. 
if you have the luxury to go and talk to someone, please do. If you have health insurance, you might want to check your Aetna app or your MetLife app or whatever it is to see who's in network and get yourself a self-check. And I understand that for our culture, we are very private about the things that may occur within our lives, within our family. We're very finicky as it pertains to like, I wouldn't even say finicky, but I, they, we're very particular. And we don't and trust, you know. We don't trust. Yeah, we don't trust. But I tell you what, during COVID, I definitely went to see a therapist and uh, I was very reluctant. But the one valuable thing that I took from those sessions was my therapist said to treat your emotions like leaves on a lake. I was like, what you wanted you- to write a song, huh? My emotions are leaves on the lake. <laughs> I was just saying like, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I asked, I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, well, you know, let's just say that every leaf that's on the lake is a representation of an emotion. So one leaf will pass by and this is beautiful lake. And with every leaf, you're like, ah, this leaf is messing it up. Let me go and grab the leaf from out of the lake. Right. So whether that's frustration. So you hold on to frustration. Right. Trying to get it out mm-hmm. instead of allowing the process to say, you know what? I am frustrated right now. And it's OK. It's OK. Because <laughs> the, the more you fight it, the longer the frustration is there. It's like you're drowning in it. You're drowning in your frustration. You're drowning in your sorrows. You're drowning in your anxiety instead of owning it to say, this is how mm-hmm. I feel right now. And it's OK that I feel like this, but it will pass just like everything else. It will pass. Yeah. Emotions are supposed to pass and they have to pass through us. And I know we look for safe people to talk yeah. to. I know we look for safe people to even be able to be frustrated around. Or, you know, you want that person where they don't care that you're angry, sad, happy, full of joy. But yeah. we have to be safe to ourselves. Like you said, because if I'm not safe within myself, I won't allow myself to feel frustrated, to be frustrated. Once Mm -hmm. again, I hope I'm articulating correctly. We always say, well, they don't make me feel safe. Do you make you feel safe? Mm. So thank you so much for opening up and sharing that. And a lot of therapists got booked in 2020. My therapist was like, well, I I promise you, I know I sent her about four people. I know I did. You know what I mean? Because- People, we had to sit with ourselves, you know, and like, oh, I didn't know I was this broken. I didn't know I was this afraid. Yeah. I didn't know I was depressed. Yeah. You know, a lot of people found certain things out about themselves. So definitely, you know, you're a safe person with yourself when you can be like, you know, I'm not feeling happy today. I am frustrated because this didn't work out. I am frustrated. So That's so dope that you have entered the chat, the therapy chat. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's so dope. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, 
a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everyone. I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. The Washington Post did this whole article on you and the quote that they said was, Ross doesn't sound like he's trying to find a musical identity. He knows who he is and his album reflects that. Okay. <laughs> they gave you rave reviews on Drive 2. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I like, yeah, I think he knows his voice. <laughs> you work your tone. I love your tone. Thank you. Were you always comfortable with it? Nope. Nope. It's uh, so dope. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, I think like any artist, like you try to mimic what you love. And sometimes mimicking what you love may not be true to you. But, you know, until you are able to pull from your own experiences, from your own stories, mm. you know, how to like really twist and turn and, and finesse certain chords and nuances, you know, until it becomes your own and to living your truth. You know, that's that's important, you know, but it took a while for me to find my tone, my voice, everything yeah. and comfortable with that and to be OK that the voice and the tone that I have, the rhetoric and the <laughs> the direction that I choose to go into as it pertains to my genre, it puts me on a slower track. Let's just say that. Mm, okay. It puts me on a slower track, but it allowed for me to plan ahead, years ahead, to see where I will be when I'm 40, where I'll be when I'm 50. It's a marathon for me. So mm-hmm. I understand that I am preparing for my generation to catch up to where I am and in the sense of my lyrical content, what I stand for, what I believe right now, my generation is at the cusp of, they still want to be in the club, but now it's kind of dawning on the day. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired, you know, and, and I really want to go home. 
Yeah, that club ain't clubbing. I, I want to be home. I want to be home at eleven. I, I just want to be home at eleven, and I don't want to be alone at eleven p.m. Oh, that too. And so I think that slowly but surely, as my generation makes that turn, I'll be there. I'll You'll be, be there. there with content and with catalog for them to sink their teeth into. And so, you yeah, know, he's slightly yeah. flexed. <laughs> He said, I'll be there with content and catalog. When you catch up. <laughs> I just, no. Is this okay? <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there for them. But for me to repress myself in order to appease yeah. other people just so that I can have a bigger platform will be doing me a disservice and do God a disservice in the sense of what he has put me here to do, or at least my mission for this season. A friend of mine was like, I'm not finna dumb down my <laughs> lyrics. I'm not finna dumb down context. I'm not even finna dumb down the visuals that come with it. Yeah. You'll catch up. <laughs> and you force them to rise up. You force yeah. people to, yeah. to rise up. Yo, I'm not calling music shallow. I'm not yeah. calling today's music shallow, but every now and then you could just have a song that feel oh, good wow. that ain't, you know, yeah. that ain't really saying, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> and that's okay. Absolutely. And I'm like, there have been some songs I'm like, man, I wish I was just a ghostwriter on that. Cause they ain't saying nothing. Y'all, this is me saying that this is not Kevin saying this. Okay. Uh, I'd be like, man, but this conversation is so dope and so freaking refreshing. Just talking to you about your journey. Y'all, he has this keyboard in the back. He's in his studio. I'm assuming, you know, Yeah, yeah you studio, are yeah. in your studio. Do you find yourself there a lot? Are you the person? Wait a minute. I got this idea. I got to lay this down right now. I used to be. I used to be like really, really like just like here, like based. Yeah in my studio, but I have to allow myself to live too. And so thank God for a phone, thank God for voice notes. So when I do catch a vibe, I can sing it. And then at night, go into the studio and, and hammer it out. But I think that as creatives, producers, writers, mm. we do ourselves a disservice for just being cooped up in the studio 24 seven. And as admirable as it is, we stifle ourselves and our growth as it pertains to musicality, taste, experience. And yeah, we, we deserve to live too. You don't wanna have that crash as it pertains to just like, you know, what people call like, you know, creative blocks and all of these different things. And I think a lot of that just comes from the lack of experience, the lack of living life or drawing, you know, drawing from something. Yeah, from living life. How does Kevin Ross check in with himself? How do you check in? Oh man. I check in a lot. I look in the mirror and I say, if I live to see it, I was made to do it. And so, you know, for me, that always kind of puts things into perspective uh, where if I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Okay. I really don't want to get up. I want to lay here. But if I could get myself out of bed and look in the mirror and say, if I live to see it, I was made to do it. Now, did you come up with that? Yeah, a couple of years ago. But you know what? But you know what? I think I it, was, it. it was more so a God thing, though. It was more so a God I, thing. No, no, I know he gave you a divine download, <laughs> but yeah, sure. yo, yeah. that's dope. If yeah. I live to see it, I was made to do it. You said a few things that are like, okay, he got to write about it. He got to write a song about it. <laughs> Everything don't have to be a song, Michelle. 
So that's how you check in with yourself. Do you yeah. get anxious at all? Anxiety, anything like that? Oh, yeah, I do. But, you know, I think that the beauty of, you know, like I said, the, you know, treating your emotions like leaves in a lake is allowing yourself to say, I'm feeling anxious right now. And it's okay. And my job is not to go into why am I feeling anxious and what is this? It's like, nope, I'm anxious. God is going to allow for this to pass, but allow for me to, while I'm anxious, be in gratitude as well. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like uh, (laughs) I listened to uh, Transformation Church, uh, Pastor Mike Todd. Mm -hmm. And um, he had said something maybe like a couple of weeks ago. His uh cuffing season, what do you call it? like his series? series. Mm-hmm. His series, and so he was just like, you know, he said, "Damn, people can't say ow, right?" And so, and what what that meant was like the pain, the anxiety, all of the emotions that we experience with, within the human experience, we take for granted, right? Because when this life is over, we don't know what is on the other side of that. We have faith. I have faith. I believe that I know, but I don't. You know what I mean? So with all that to be said, I have to be grateful for the gift of life that that I have. So when I feel that anxiety, I'm like, you know what? I cannot be here to not feel it. So you know what? Let me just sit in this and say, I am grateful. I'm thankful that this moment will pass and we're going to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I try not to think too hard on it. I try not to think too hard on especially like the negative emotions, because that could just, you know, wrestling with yourself, wrestling with your thoughts, wrestling with the past, wrestling with history and past trauma that you're not equipped to deal with. Mm. You know, (laughs) it's so good. It's so good. We dropped so much in the first five minutes of this interview. I was like, well, we got to pace ourselves. We going too fast. (laughs) We have had one of the most cool conversations today and I won't hold you. So I just want to know, do you feel like you'll ever teach? You went to Berkeley, of course. And I think they definitely produce some great people in music. Will you teach one day? Do you see that for yourself? I think so. Mentoring and coaching. Yeah. Because I remember each and every teacher that has affected my life in such a like profound way. I feel like God is kind of like, he's not nudging me right now, but he's kind of giving me a preview. So good. You imparted today just on the episode when you were talking about writing, how you write or how, how you weren't good in the beginning. And I think that's cool for a teacher to be able to tell his students one day, I wasn't good at this either in the beginning. Yes. So they'll sit there like, oh, good. And then they can look at your credits and be like, okay, your catalog, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) shows the journey. And I come from the era where let your work speak for you. So your work speaks for you. You're so grounded and sure. And I am so glad that you decided to check in with us today. Is there anything that we can expect? I want some next week. Can we expect anything <laughs> soon? <laughs> yeah, no, for, for sure. I mean, for the time being right now, for those who haven't listened to Drive 2, please go and download that. Um, you can check me out in different cities at KevinRossMusic.com. You can follow me at KevinRossMusic on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and then so on and so forth. And I'm working on new music. I'm super excited about it. 
Um, really working on a lot of like mid to up tempos. Being intentional about it. Dope. Drive 2 is out now. Oh, I forgot to mention, Kelly posted about you. Did you know that? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody yeah. had sent that to my story. And it was mind blowing, you know, because we know how this industry is. And in and, and the sense of like, especially now, like it's such like a, a paywall with everything that like people want to get compensated for everything. So mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like, you know, that's the greatest uh, nod and, uh, you know, sense of acknowledgement from a fellow creative. Yeah of vet and great herself so i was really humbled by that experience and uh, like i said i was like man i know you know people pay for stuff like that uh and mm-hmm. so for her to do that just out yeah out of her free will i don't take that for granted so. yes i cannot wait to tell her <laughs> that i spoke to you today um, i'm excited for you and i'm like kelly you always looking for mid-tempos and up-tempos why don't you call kevin you posted about him. you listen me. to you listen to his music <laughs> call him all right i will talk to you soon thanks again Okay, now wait a minute. Didn't y'all love this as much as I did? It was so refreshing. And the conversation, we unpacked so much, even in the first five minutes. I'm thankful again that you guys tune in and continue to subscribe and share and tell people all about checking in. I've got some changes, some additions, and thank y'all for being with me on this journey so that I can also know, okay, this works, this doesn't quite work, or I know it's time to evolve and I'm not changing anything regarding my content and guests, but just uh, maybe the delivery of the content that I hope you guys are excited about. I'm thankful for my Black Effect family. Tune in for another amazing, amazing week of checking in. Love you guys. Bye. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.